Welcome everyone. So the topic I wanted to talk to you about today is tarot, astrology and the Akashic records. Do they have anything in common? If they do, how do they interact together? Is there something that is better, worse? Um, maybe some of these uh, some of the knowledge comes from the same source, what is the difference, etc. Um, and I just wanted to say that in my work I don't mix these things. There are some people who actually do. Um, there are people who use astrology to work within the Akashic Records, use their knowledge of astrology and uh, add it on top of information they receive from the Akashic Records or use the Akashic Records to better explain uh, the astrological um, charts that they get for their clients or for the people they work with. And there are also people who read um, tarot cards as a way of accessing the Akashic Records. And it is in fact possible to an extent. But in my work, um, the way I tune into and go into the Akashic Records, um, so I use them as a method of direct communication, direct channeling, if you like. So the information I receive, um, I don't use any tools. Um, but speaking of tools, there are many Akashic Records uh, reading modalities that teach you to use pendulum, at least in the beginning, and that's how the first readers of the Akashic Records worked um, uh, back in, uh, when, uh, in the time when there were Theosophic Societies, for example, and when people started uh, teaching the Akashic Records. Um, some of those modalities relied very heavily on the use of pendulum because actually um, they were not able to channel directly. So they went into the records, attuned their pendulums and went uh, to gather information through dowsing. Um, and for this reason, I suppose any other tool is just as good. So. If you can use tarot cards instead of dowsing, this would be another tool to access the Akashic Records. So the intention um, is, is crucial here and um, it takes time to be able to channel and directly interact with the records. Most people um, that I met uh, who studied working in the Akashic Records said they could not uh, connect very well in the beginning and weren't really getting much information or were a little bit unsure as to what they were getting. So it's very understandable if you want to have more reliable results to use pendulum, for example, and to ask yes-no questions. But essentially, at the core of it, these are very different ways of... Um, working with the information field of the planet. So if we go purely from the perspective of receiving information, then we can say that the Akashic Records are the planetary database, that we have the records of every soul and also of every country, every business, every organization, 
um, etc. recorded in that, uh, well, metaphorically speaking, database, energetic database. Now, because the Akashic Records are actually so much more than a database, because being a space uh, outside, uh, being a space outside time and space, so that's a bit difficult to explain with human words, right? But because the Akashic Records are actually outside human time and space, it's a pure now, and in, in this respect, they are a reflection of divine consciousness, of higher level of being. So the Akashic Records can give us so much more than information. They can give us awareness of reality, which we don't have in our 3D world. Um, they can give us a higher perspective, and they can also um, change us, show us a perfect vision of reality, which maybe still doesn't exist, but has a potential. They also can show us the perfect version of our soul and where our soul is out of alignment with it. Um, and because of the neutrality of the records, they can also be an insight into the mind of God, if you like, into the divine mind, where all is one. So they offer a very different perspective, a very pure, very non-dual, outside, you know, right and wrong and past and future and present, where everything is one, that energy that we work with in the records, it's movable, it's moldable, it's changeable, and we can add and remove things from the records to a certain degree, and we can certainly change some future pathways, for example. Some, not all. But the space of the records is beyond just information. Although the records will reflect to you the energy that you bring into them. So if you come just with, you know, informative questions, what is this and what is that and how old was I and how many lifetimes I had, then the records will respond accordingly. And then if you ask, for example, well, how do I, um, you know, move myself out of the matrix? How do I see reality? What is real? What is truth? Then the records will also change according to those questions and you will start receiving very different kind of information and very different approach to it and that's why also every akashic record reader is very different some are focused on just past lives because that's what they see as the main purpose of the records well if it's a database then let's go and dig up information some are focused on um, for example, star seeds and extraterrestrial uh, past lives and the connection to other planets. Um, and sometimes this information can be very removed from the pr present reality, while it can sometimes be validating to know. But then if you go on for an hour telling about lives on other planets, then it can be very 
difficult to match it up to the present reality. And then some uh, readers would focus on uh, blocks, for example, or on financial abundance, or some readers work with companies and um, financial institutions even. Um, work with big business because those also have their records and um, they also look for energetic markers for example such as interaction with other organizations debt markers um, certain repetitive actions that happen with a company that can be removed or changed, how to make a company stronger, how to make it bigger. So everyone can also specialize in a particular field. So when we talk about this, it's obvious that, for example, at least for the majority of people, um, working with tarot cards, for example, it doesn't quite... Um, nail it, right? You can't really receive that kind of information and that level of information from just a tarot card reading. But um, to speak on, on the topic of tarot and the Akashic Records, first of all, what are tarot cards? I'm sure most of you know, it was 78 cards. Um, the first tarot decks um, are thought to have come from Arabia, um, I think the first uh, cards that we know are the Mamluk playing cards. They are in a museum in Istanbul, I believe, um, and come from 15th or 16th century. Um, and some of them, some of the design is similar to uh, Marseille Tarot that we know. But the first cards were playing cards, so they were used for playing, as we also now have decks of cards to play with. Um, the more esoteric meaning and the meaning, um, or, you know, divinatory meaning for predicting the future or for working with subconscious, that um, came in much later um, and mostly um, with the French esoteric school. Um, it was uh, the French who used the Marseille Tarot as the basis for their um, own esoteric work, occult work, so hidden knowledge. And it was actually the French esotericists that, um, let's say, came up with the idea or propagated the idea that uh, tarot came from Egypt and was an ancient code of secret knowledge, um, the Book of Thoth, the Atlantean. So that actually tarot was a pictogram, a picture representation of very ancient knowledge. And the symbols that are used in cards um, have deeper meaning and can be interpreted to either read the future or to answer questions about the present um, or to somehow interpret the subconscious mind of the person for whom the readings are made. So tarot cards is actually a story of playing cards becoming and gradually evolving as cards uh, for divination.
that is a very long and interesting story in itself uh, so i'm just giving the a gist it's a long a long lecture about the history of tarot and different decks and uh, how they were used um, but the um, purpose um, of tarot as um, cards to predict the future so that evolved gradually and um, the occult, uh, the students of the occult, they started drawing their own decks. For example, the um, Society of Golden Dawn uh, that most of you probably heard of uh, in Britain. Um, it um, had as its members uh, Arthur Waite and Alistair Crowley among others. Uh, so Arthur Waite drew his own deck, uh, published by Ryder, that's why Ryder Waite deck, but actually it was Pamela Smith who uh, drew the pictures for Tarot. And that was um, the first um, deck in modern times. Um, there were some Italian decks who also had pictures for the minor arcana, but in modern times there was the first deck uh, where all the cards had pictures, had uh, people and situations drawn on them. The Marseille tarot, uh, thought to be like the most original uh, tarot, the closest one to the old Arab decks, Marseille tarot only had the major, the 22 major arcana, the trumps, um, with pictures and the rest were just uh, numbers of, um, for example, six of wands. You would just see six wands, right? Or uh, six cups, uh, as in six of cups. Whereas for Rider Waite, um, the meaning of the card was drawn on it so that it would be easier to interpret. Um, so Alistair Crowley as well, uh, had his own deck, uh, Thostaro, which has um, a completely different system to weights and is actually meant as a tarot of the New Age, the Age of Aquarius, with very different uh, meanings and also a different system of correspondences on the Tree of Life. Um, but in the Golden Dawn, actually every student, once they reach a certain stage, so Golden Dawn was an esoteric society, um, like a school where you go from one level to another and study the occult, uh, the practices uh, by which you change yourself and influence the outside reality. Uh, so every student after a certain level they had to draw their own deck, at the very least the 22 major arcana. Uh, and well, we don't know what uh, Waite or Crowley had drawn at the time of them being students, but there were, of course, many other decks. These are the ones that are some of the most popular still. So that was the system um, that came from the French occult school, from the Marseille Tarot, based on the correspondences um, of Kabbalistic Tree of Life and... Um, it is also thought uh, that uh, there was an Arab influence in terms of astrology um, and some symbolism, uh, although there is no direct connection uh, you know, to be traced there. 
And then in more modern times, in the times we live in, um, a lot of people have created their own decks as well, whether students of the occult or not. And we know also angel decks and uh, different kinds of uh, tarot cards that have nothing to do with Kabbalah or, you know, the tree of life and the complexities of um, the original tarot, which was very tied into astrology, both the astrology and Kabbalah. Um, uh, and for many of those more modern decks, it was more about working with the subconscious. Um, for example, with angel cards, it's not really tarot, it's more like an oracle card, right? You draw a card of the day and it gives you an inspiring message. And the basic, very, very basic principle here is that these cards help us connect to our subconscious mind that knows more than the conscious mind. And when we try to interpret the images, it's not so much about knowing, it's not so much about correspondences on the tree of life and which uh, astrological sign does the card represent and which uh, letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Um, that is secondary, but the important part is that the card is telling us something. It's telling us something about ourselves, about our intentions about maybe our shadow, something that is hidden. Um, or you could even say it's a message from the divine to you today. Um, and in this respect, um, well, there is uh, the Marseille Tarot deck. The modern version, um, the best uh, deck is by Alejandro Khodorovsky, who was um, an uh, you know, art film director. Uh, Khodorovsky actually did not believe in predicting the future, was very much against it. So his use of tarot cards is for interpreting the subconscious mind, for going deep into the subconscious and interpreting what the card has to say about you, about your present state, what what you need to change, what you need to let go of, uh, what is coming up for you, what, um, you know, it's, it's more like a stream of consciousness about your reality. Uh, so, as also as a Jew, he was, uh, you know, very much against uh, using cards for predicting the future. And that is the main problem that also many people have with, with tarot cards as such because they have also become associated with the, you know, the occult um, in a bad sense of the word. Some psychic in a parlor with a crystal ball drawing out cards that will now um, predict your future, meaning seal your future. If um, the future has many potential outcomes, by narrowing it down to one specific outcome, such as tomorrow you will lose your job, for example, and you draw out a card and you believe that is the interpretation uh, that you receive, you discard all other potentialities. 
this may or may not be true. Maybe the person really loses a job tomorrow and it's good for them to know it. But in many cases, um, there is also a risk associated um, with such predictions and a risk is mainly for the for the one predicting right for the reader because what right do you have to define to determine someone else's future for them but yet people still do it and people love actually <laughs> people really love to have their fortune told um, and the business will never go out of fashion um, but um, there was always a degree of, um, you know, um, not mistrust, uh, but a feeling that it may be dangerous to meddle with someone's future to a great extent. Uh, giving advice may be the best outcome, yes, but um, it was not um, always um, accepted right, to predict someone's future. It was kind of on the fringes of, um, um, uh, let's say, spiritual life, uh, because then uh, people who worked uh, with spirituality seriously understood uh, that we live in the now, so having one particular outcome pulled out of many can, and sometimes is, um, not beneficial and can also be dangerous because if somebody doesn't learn their lesson uh, because someone else tells them not to learn it right and take another road then what is going to happen well the person is going to have to learn their lesson some other way and the one who meddled in the future will get um, a certain karmic backlash so for that reason uh, some people are against using tarot cards or any other future predictions and some other are saying to be very careful with it but the basic um, idea still behind tarot cards is that pictures very often speak to our subconscious more directly than words they bypass the logical mind so the best way to work with cards with any cards is not by memorizing so much of their meaning or reading 100 books about how to interpret cards and card combinations, but to practice and to let the cards speak to you by using specific attunements. Um, some people, you know, sleep with cards or they meditate on a card. Um, Alistair Crowley, for example, recommended contemplation, right? So contemplating a card a day, for example, and just letting the card speak to yourself. From that level of work, um, this can come very close to working with the Akashic Records because someone will just use a picture instead of a particular, you know, let's say Akashic Record attunement and they would go and connect to a picture and the particular energy of that picture and use it uh, as a way of speaking to their subconscious, to their soul, to the mind of God, if you like. So the contemplative method, of course, is, um, is the closest that uh, Tarot would get us to the Akashic Records. And as I said, some people um, do use the cards 
to go into the space of the Akashic Records, at least to the extent. Personally, I think these are very different um, modalities and very different ways of accessing the subconscious. Um, working with tarot cards is more specific and with the cards you can usually get um, more, um, let's say, day-to-day uh, -day information or day-to-day -day advice, a more practical approach, whereas in the Akashic Records, if you properly go into the Akashic Records space and use it as the fifth dimensional uh, space, as, as the reality outside of time and place, the information, the advice, the energy you receive from the Akashic Records is more soul-oriented. It will always be for the highest good. It will only give you what you need to hear now. The advice will always be impartial and it will care first and foremost uh, for your spiritual evolution your highest good and will explain as well why certain things are happening or how but it will be a very high jump up the frequency is very high whereas if you work with tarot cards you can be extremely high up you can also depending on the deck of course um, such as um, if you work with uh, Alistair Crowley's Sos Tarot um, and you may have heard horrible things about Crowley, but it's it's not really as bad as one would think it is. If you work with Thos Tarot, you can really reach extremely high frequency revelations, uh, kind of digging deeper into the meanings of the cards, or you can use them for very mundane questions and answers, uh, such as, you know, why don't I like cleaning my house? Or should I uh, buy a new car tomorrow? What uh, do I need to know about <laughs> buying a new car tomorrow? Um, what is preventing me from building a successful relationship? Um, you can also experiment. If uh, this topic interests you, you can ask the same questions. Um, to see the change in the level of consciousness and the um, quality of information you receive. Um, this is a good exercise, um, for example, just seeing the difference, uh, like asking a question, what blocks and obstructions do I currently have to building a romantic relationship? that I want in my life. And you can ask this to yourself and write down the blocks that you think you have. You can log into the Akashic Records through any method that you know and ask this question in the records. Or you can draw out tarot cards and ask the same question to the cards. You can ask uh, the same question to your spirit guides, if you work with spirit guides, for example. And 
you can ask the same question of your astrology chart and see what is the flavor of the answers and what is the flavor of information where does the information come from energetically kind of what level it is at and how it interplays together and you know what the differences are it is actually one of the most exciting exercises i remember i did it with um, spirit guides as opposed to the akashic records um, asking several questions and it was actually very very interesting um, to work with that or if you know if not spirit guides then uh, high beings for example um, ask um, whichever high being you work with um, which again brings us to astrology now I have to say that I tried studying astrology um, Vedic astrology to be precise but it did not work for me <laughs> I could not finish whatever I started so as much as I have fascination for astrology and I really loved the, the teachings um, of the person who was teaching me um, very spiritual um, and you know going very deep into planets being vessels for you know divine energies and how they are aligned in your life um, um, it was a little bit too brainy for me and not that I'm not <laughs> not a brainy person I can be if I if I wanted to and I have two university degrees but it was just not I could not strike the balance between intuition and intellect and in astrology studies so it never quite worked for me and also my um, problem with astrology was that very little of it resonated like you know people talking about mercury retrograde it, it, nothing happens to me during mercury retrograde um, of course certain phases of the moon and the movement of the Sun throughout the day how it affects us and there are some astrological um, events that it's actually beneficial for us to align ourselves with them to be in line with the moon for example and to use the moon for cleansing or purification or waiting right or starting something new so and in many religions they do follow the moon for certain things and the sun for certain things that is important because we um, work in cooperation with the celestial beings so it also depends on how the astrology is presented and you may have heard that uh, there were very famous um, Arab astrologers Muslim astrologers in the Middle Ages and uh, the way they interpreted the astrology was in much the same way as the Vedic astrology was actually explained to me that the celestial um, beings that the stars and the planets and the moon and the Sun they are only instruments in the hand of God and they show us um, the reality and our place in the reality but it is ultimately God who has the the divine let's say the source who has the power 
overall. And also in Vedic astrology, you have to face south to see the zodiac signs, right? Your zodiac is looking south at the moment of your birth, at the time of your birth. In the north, there is nothing. So north is where the divas, the devas are, and the south is where the asuras are. So once you elevate your consciousness, you are not ruled by astrology anymore. Once the consciousness is elevated, you are facing north, where you are no longer affected by the stars. But it doesn't happen automatically, and it doesn't happen through wishful thinking. I'm not affected by astrology, I'm higher than that, off I go. No, it's just that also the astrology has to take into account uh, not just the position of the stars, but it also interplays with the soul, the age of the soul, right? The uh, level of consciousness of the soul. Has the soul worked through uh, the heaviest karma and how much we can change the um, stars at our birth? But there are also remedies um, in Vedic astrology, right, for the uh, position of this, like unfavorable positions of the stars, what can we do with them and how we can work through them and that will be elevating the level of consciousness. So again, ideally, with a good, good astrologer, not me, <laughs> but with a good astrologer, um, you can work through uh, the astrological chart together with information from the Akashic Records. For example, you know, where the challenges are, where your uh, Saturn is, where your Jupiter is, uh, where the, you know, the Rahu, the Ketu, uh, what do they say uh, about uh, your li love life, about your karma, about uh, your health, your death, your wealth, right? How, the where the stars affecting you at the moment of your birth. What have you done with them in your life? Because a lot of people think that, you know, our life is predetermined, but they come into the Akashic Records with the same attitude and they expect it to be just another... Um, you know, laying out of information uh, as with astrology. Oh, you were born like this and this. You will get married between 40 and 43. At uh, 44, you will have a child, another one at 46, and you will die around 70 to 74. For them, that would be a perfect reading. That's it. Good. I'm happy. Just as going to a tarot reader, most people would be happy with pretty much the same information, right? Just read from the cards. Um, and the Akashic Record reading as well can take the same format, as in you have had uh, 72 past lives. Your first incarnation was on a planet called um, Spica. 
and uh, on that planet you did the following things you looked this way then your incarnation previous to this one you lived in Italy in 1885 and you died during World War II um, because you were sick you got the flu for example oh wonderful so all of these readings they can take the same format uh, and all of them can also go much deeper. It really depends on what you are looking for. So there is no one method that is better than the other. Um, but what I personally think is that access to the Akashic Records can help us um, interpret information we receive from other sources from a higher spiritual perspective, from the perspective of our soul. So it's not just about what happened or what will happen, but what am I here to learn? Um, a good astrologer will tell you, however. Um, you, what karma am I clearing? How much I have cleared, you know, and what do I need to know right now? Of these methods, the Akashic Records reading is, of course, the least rigid. You can turn it in whatever way you want but it has one drawback and that you need to learn to channel to attune yourself to that um, information and for some people it comes very easily for some people it takes a lot of work uh, and they feel they're never going to be able to do that they're just not getting anything or it doesn't or what they're getting doesn't make sense so it also depends on how you are attuned, what, you, uh, what your energy works with, what your energy resonates with best, how your brain processes information and receives it. So you can't say that, oh, you know, if, if you are an astrologer, then you're not spiritually evolved enough, then <laughs> go and learn how to read the Akashic Records, then you will be, you will be, you know, in the right place. No, of course not. You can have uh, a very, um, let's say, low-level approach to the Akashic Records um, and not really use them for any spiritual development. It will be difficult, but, but it's possible. Um, it's still possible. In, in essence, the being in the records themselves is a spiritual attunement and brings you to a higher reality. But in principle, it's possible to use everything for, for good or, or for bad. Um, so astrology is very close. And as I said, some people, they do blend these two together, astrology and the Akashic Records, especially Vedic astrology, because there is definitely um, a lot of similarity. Um, and there is um, not similarity, but the two complement each other. The, as a good astrologer will be able to give you more exact specifics and kind of go in very uh, clearly into what karmic issues you are dealing with and what, um, you know, how exactly uh, do they influence you before then going uh, to the advice from the Akashic Records. A good Akashic Record reader will often be able to get the same information. Um, for example, 
Some people have actually told me that what I'm telling them from their records matches exactly with their um, astrological uh, chart and how it has been interpreted, which I found remarkable because, as I said, I uh, really don't know astrology at all. In fact, I don't even know uh, which sign is born when, you know, so uh, I kind of have an idea that Taurus is somewhere in May and Leo is in August, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> so, and that Taurus and Pisces tend to be obsessed with each other, and I think Pi Pisces are in February. So I have this, but that's a very simplistic uh, approach to astrology again, and that's not what I'm talking about. And uh, so the interplay of different modalities, like channeling guides, for example, or using astrology, using tarot, using the pendulum to work in the Akashic Records, it's definitely possible. And I believe we are all called, ultimately, to create our own modality of spiritual work, right? Our own great work the work of the master, the work of the magician. That was why those uh, candidates of the Golden Dawn had to draw their own tarot deck. It was their uh, beginning of great work. They would put into picture forms their understanding of reality and its 78 keys, 78 archetypes. Of course, there are more, but we also have systems such as an airgram, the archetypes, uh, countless other systems, human design. So humans have always tried to um, classify, if you like, classify the reality in some way, because it's very difficult to talk about the absolute while living in a human body. Yes, of course, God is limitless. God has no image. Uh, God is within us and without us, and it's ultimately the absolute is darkness and silence and the, not, the unmanifest. But this understanding of reality doesn't do anything for us in the physical. So there is the absolute somewhere out there, and here am I trying to figure out how to pay my bills for the next month, for example. So how do I find that out with the absolute big, dark, silent, and unmanifest? <laughs> right? I have to learn to do something practical, and I need practical advice. So whichever system helps me, I'm going to use that one. Um, and so that's why people have always used methods and tools, including in the Akashic Records, um, tuning in uh, to the divine space. Um, it's also possible to bless uh, tarot cards, bless the pendulum. Um, in fact, in um, one of my lessons there in the paid part of this podcast, but I uh, even have a meditation for tuning and blessing the pendulum to start working in the Akashic Records, to start experiencing the space of the records um, for yourself and to start, um, you know, dowsing for uh, simple uh, questions and answers, tuning it in. Um, and that's how many people begin working in the records until the intuition develops and they begin trusting more what they hear. And then some people are completely against using any tools and 
you're not supposed to touch a pendulum or cards or anything else, but you just go in the records and you learn uh, to trust your inner voice, the voice that begins speaking and telling you. Um, and so ultimately, we all have to find a method that works um, for ourselves. As I mentioned, this can be an amazing exercise comparing the methods, asking the same two or three questions for every method that you use for with, with tarot, for example, astrology, um, the Akashic records, spirit guides, um, I don't know, um, the system of um, Enneagram or um, um, something, you know, like human design can help answer precisely those questions, but whatever you have, you can experiment and see the levels um, of the answers, the angles that you get, the, the information flow that, that you receive. Um, for me personally, as I said, I don't use astrology because I don't know it, uh, so that, that problem is solved. Um, I admire uh, good astrologers and I have met uh, several uh, who are very good and very evolved spiritually as well. Um, and obviously by astrology I'm not talking about uh, horoscopes in the newspaper, um, but real astrology. Um, I um, use tarot cards. Um, not in conjunction with Akashic Record readings, but, for example, for um, practical purposes, such as, again, insight on a relationship and the dynamics between the partners. What are their feelings towards each other? What are their intentions towards each other? What are their thoughts? What is the level of passion? What is the relationship built on? Um, what is the thing that will make or break the relationship? Which um, energies influence it the most at the given time, at this time? Uh, which, uh, you know, um, people are involved, etc., etc. Um, I suppose you can ask all the same questions from the Akashic Records as well. Um, and sometimes for me, it's easier to work um, this look at the dynamics through uh, through the cards because what I found is that the answers would usually be more specific and more down to earth because not everybody is interested in the well they should be but let's face it not everybody is not everybody is interested in the spiritual lesson they're learning uh, in this relationship and it may very well be uh, usually we have a limited amount of lessons for most people uh, relationships are about uh, self-love actually or learning to love although there can be of course hundreds of lessons um, but a lot of people are learning self-love, especially in relationships that are not going so well. Um, and that can be revealed from the soul perspective as well. But sometimes a person wants to know 
the more of the specifics, right? The nitty gritty, the details as to well, what is he thinking and what is he, uh, what is he feeling? And uh, uh, you know, did he read my message last week? And of course, you know, you can't give a, an exact answer like this very often. But it may look like he read it because his energies are a bit confused. So. For me, this type of information is easiest read from tarot cards, not the Akashic Records. I would go to the Akashic Records when somebody asks me for a soul level lesson and obviously a story of uh, past lives and the agreement that they have on the soul level. And if, for example, other parties are involved, what kind of agreements there are between that person and, you know, those other third parties. For example, they have a relationship now, but we can see clearly that this agreement is for two years for them to pay their old karmic debts. So whether you accept it or not, that's what is going to happen. And they, they have an agreement and it stands firm. This type of information, I don't know, maybe someone can, but I can't personally see it in, in tarot cards. I would need to go to the Akashic Records for this. But as I said, there are times and places when you use other tools. Again, with tools such as Pendulum, it's, um, it's not the most accurate tool. It's usually more accurate when you um, ask on behalf of someone else preferably someone you don't know and in whose life you have no direct involvement. And if you bless the pendulum and ask to put, you know, the ego aside, you will get more accurate answers with it. But for yourself, using the pendulum is, um, well, I'm, I'm sure you tried. Um, and you know how it works. It's sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, <clears throat> but also clearing the energies, of course, as well. Uh, the same actually goes for, for tarot cards. It's uh, unadvi not advisable to use them uh, for yourself. But there is also one exciting thing about tarot cards that I hope to teach you one day soon, and um, it is that we can use them, um, let's say, as uh, magical talismans or as... Um, a way to change the energies. If you studied Reiki, and um, I don't remember if it's at Reiki at which level, but they teach uh, crystals, uh, how to use a crystal grid. Uh, so you charge a crystal grid and you set an intention and you leave it on um, um, a man like a mandala that you put the crystals on. Uh, and the grid works then with the energy, the crystals uh, work with the energy of your intention, with Reiki, and with the energy of that particular mandala. You use one for adding energy and one for removing energy. Uh, something similar can actually be done with tarot cards. I think not many people use them like this, but that's my favorite use of tarot. Um, but you can do them, you can do this with them within the tradition of um, uh, 
let, let's say of those occult schools. Um, so I, I mean, Rider Waite Tarot, Marseille Tarot, uh, Thoth Tarot, but not say angel cards, for example. But with with the tarot cards within the tradition, um, they are they can be used so in this similar way to influence the reality. Uh, and in that case, you just um, put them out. You put out a combination of uh, three cards or more, uh, and the desired result then would be your main card. So what do you want to achieve, right? So for this, obviously, you need to know uh, the cards and their meanings, um, and um, it's quite it's quite exciting. So you kind of use that card, the intention card, as your um, uh, charged crystal, as your talisman, as your amulet, as something that you want the situation to turn into. Um, and that is actually a very exciting practice and something that, um, uh, as I said, at least not many people speak about it, but it's definitely um, something that that can be done. And there is no, uh, there's nothing strange about it because uh, um, using um, additional elements to center your intention is actually very common in uh, many system of of belief. So you, whether you use cards or crystals or something else for that. It doesn't matter. Um, so that's one use. Um, and um, of course, we can also work with the Akashic Records in the same way sometimes by clearing uh, past trauma, for example, and soul level decisions such as vows, contracts, pacts that no longer serve us, uh, clearing. Um, dark energies or um, blocks to receiving money, for example, and this will also change and transform the future pathway. Um, astrologically, then, I believe there are, as I said, there is a, the whole concept of remedies in Vedic astrology, but again, I'm not, I'm not an expert on the specifics here. Um, so, again, there are different modalities, different ways of working with things. Um, if you have learned, studied some of these and are, for example, now studying the Akashic Records, I once again encourage you to experiment with the use of different modalities asking the exact same question or questions to each and see how different the flavor of the results would be and uh, see where to go for what, right? What gives you a higher level answer, more general, a more specific, a more spiritual, a more worldly, uh, which changes your energy and how and so on. Okay, so that's what I had to say. I hope um, it uh, at least encouraged you to experiment more. And uh, until next time, all the blessings.